Hello world. Welcome to Jesus Boost. I'm Lisa Toledo, and today's podcast is about mercy. Now, some of you may be thinking, I don't need this episode because I haven't done anything wrong, so I don't need mercy. Or maybe the opposite. Your circumstances are so good, there's no need to extend mercy. So you tune out. Please don't. I'll tell you right now, we all need mercy, whether we realize it or not, because none of us are perfect. No one is without fault, sinless, 100% right all the time. We make mistakes, and therefore, we all need mercy. You are not perfect, neither am I. We will mess up. But the good news is that our Holy Savior, Jesus, loves imperfect people, is most attracted to the flawed. The Bible reveals how Jesus often approached those who were mess-ups, according to the culture of the time. He loved them so much and yearned to guide them toward wholeness, just as he does for us. Take a look at who Jesus hung out with. Matthew, a tax collector, one of the most despised individuals of the time. I'm going to look up what happened when he was approached by Jesus. This is in the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 9. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the customs post. He said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisees saw this and said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus preferred faith and love be demonstrated by extending mercy rather than the animal sacrifices that were done back then, or by pious acts, or church attendance, or contributions to charity. Extending mercy to our brothers and sisters is more pleasing to God, because that is what he has done for us. Mercy, by Webster's definition, means withholding the punishment that is rightfully deserved. Lord knows we did not deserve for Jesus to die for us on the cross to save us from death. Humans were often a disappointment to God. We deserve the consequences of our poor choices, but Jesus put all that aside to spare us the punishment and open the gates of heaven by using his own body, his own life, as the key. Our incredible, loving, merciful Lord loves us. And because of his love for us, he forgives us and is merciful. We should feel completely humbled and relieved that the just Lord of heaven and earth with his heart full of compassion did this for us and continues to extend mercy to us this very day. We, the imperfect, the flawed, the ordinary. As I said before, our, I'm far from perfect. I struggle with, with jealousy of others who have bigger houses than mine. Mine is so small. I lose my cool with my kids. I curse. I miss mass. I say things I shouldn't. I lose patience. I can go on. Thank goodness God doesn't keep track of my sins. 
and I'm going to ask all of you not to keep track of them either, okay? But in my journey to pursue holiness, I ask Jesus to forgive me, and he does. He doesn't stay angry or hold it against me. Instead, he grants me mercy, despite what I may deserve. Like the father who forgives and embraces the prodigal son, God our Father forgives our sins and erases them from his memory once we repent. This should fill us with such joy and relief, knowing we received mercy from the all-powerful creator of heaven and earth. But honestly, I think many of us may miss the joy in mercy and just take it as another one of God's great gifts. That is, unless you've been the recipient of mercy personally, then you can better relate to how great mercy feels. Several years back, I got a speeding ticket on a road close to home. Let me tell you what happened at the courthouse. I received many solicitations from lawyers, but declined them all to take my chances at braving court alone. As I sat in the pew with nearly a hundred others who've been accused of traffic violations, I looked around the room, particularly at the six or so people in the front of the room who would be determining my fate. These are the assistant district attorneys of Union County. I learned, and surprisingly, I recognized one familiar face, a woman from church. Not just a woman from church, but the daughter of one of the church staff. I could just hear the buzz spreading now. Oh, that Lisa Toledo was in court today. Do you know what she did? My heart began to race and I whispered my plea to God, please don't let me get the church lady. Please Lord, just don't let me get the church lady. And of course, who did I get when they called my name? Yeah, the church lady. First thing I said when I smiled and greeted her, now don't you dare tell your mama I'm here, okay? No problem, she responded. You'd be surprised how many people from church I see here. (laughs) Then she went on to ask me a question. Not the one I expected. Like, how do you plead? But instead she asked, when was your last speeding violation? I told her the God's honest truth. Never. I've never had a ticket before in my 30 years of driving. And I tried to explain that to the officer, but he showed no mercy. Her response, that's my job. She went on to reduce my ticket to a lower violation, one that would not have any effect on my license or insurance. I was so relieved. I was overjoyed at the mercy that she demonstrated. I did a little dance on the way out of the courthouse. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, church lady. Mercy is a wonderful, wonderful thing. We should all rejoice in God's mercy. Rejoice. We mess up each day in so many ways, and yet he forgives us and gives us a new morning just 24 hours later to try again. David's prayer of repentance after his affair with Bathsheba is a perfect way to ask God to cleanse our hearts and ask God for mercy. It's in Psalms, the book of Psalms 51. I'm going to read to you verses 3 and 12. Have mercy on me, God, in accordance with your merciful love and your abundant compassion. Blot out my transgressions. 
Turn away your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. A clean heart create for me, God. Renew within me a steadfast spirit. Rejoice in Christ's mercy, friends. Jesus loves us so much that he laid down his life so that we could live forever in heaven with him and God and with all those that we love, despite the fact that we make some pretty foolish choices while we're here on earth. How incredible is that? That is mercy. That is compassion. That is love. Mercy is what Jesus has asked us to extend to everyone and not just the deserving, but especially the least deserving. We are to extend mercy to our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, our spouses or ex-spouses, to strangers or estranged family members, to fellow Americans and to immigrants, legal and illegal, to Christians, to Jews, to Muslims, to all mercy. To be merciful is to give kind and compassionate treatment. It's a disposition to be benevolent and forgiving. It's one of the Beatitudes. Matthew chapter 5 verse 7. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Now this can be really hard and call for extraordinary strength, but that's exactly why we need a boost from Jesus to help us. Let's call on the power of Christ today to let the Holy Spirit in for a boost of grace so that it saturates our hearts to help us forgive and to be merciful to even the worst offenders. I'd like to read you a story now from the book Captured by Grace by David Jeremiah. I've taken liberties to condense it for brevity. I think though this perfectly illustrates what mercy is and how it can be applied in our contemporary world today. I'll begin. It was November 2004 in New York. There was freezing rain and weary drivers on the road. One carload of young teenage troublemakers were on a joyride. Their spree began at the local Cineplex. Bored with action flicks, the teenagers decided to act one out. They broke into a car, grabbed a credit card, and proceeded to a store. There, they charged $400 worth of DVDs and video games. Why not pick out a few groceries while they were at it? A surveillance tape caught the kids selecting a 20-pound turkey. Remember the turkey. Victoria Ruvolo, a 44-year-old Catholic woman from Long Island, was heading home, returning from her 14-year-old niece's vocal recital. Maybe the silver Nissan caught Victoria's eye, maybe not. Later, she won't be sure. She certainly won't recall the image of a teenage boy leaning out the window of the Nissan as the car approached. Nor will she retain any memory of the bulky projectile taking flight from his hands. This is the part about the turkey. The 20 pound bird crashed through Victoria's windshield. It bent the steering wheel inward, smashed into her face and broke every bone it encountered. Eight hours of surgery and three weeks of recovery later, Victoria lay impassively in a bed 
in Stony Brook University Hospital. Her emotions were difficult to discern, given the mask her face had become. Shattered like pottery, now stapled together by titanium plates, an eye affixed by synthetic film, a wired jaw, the tracheotomy. The public reaction was vigorous. The media ran this story following every new detail of arrest and arraignment. Internet bloggers and TV pundits suggested what they'd do if they could be in a room for five minutes with those punks in the Nissan. They'd especially love to lay hands on Ryan Cushing, the 18-year-old who heaved the turkey. His face should be shattered. His life should lie in ruins. That's how the man on the street saw it. On Monday, August 15th, 2005, Ryan and Victoria met face to restructured face in the courtroom. Victoria managed to walk into the courtroom unaided, a victory in itself. A trembling Ryan Cushion pleads guilty to a lesser charge. Sentence, a trifling six months behind bars, five years probation, a bit of counseling, a dash of public service. People shake their heads in righteous indignation. Is that all the punishment we can dish out? When did this country become so soft on crime? Let's lock up all these criminals and throw away the key. Who was responsible for this plea bargain anyway? The victim. That's who. The victim requested leniency. Ryan made his pleas and then turned to Victoria Ruvolo. All the essence of tough guy long since drained away. He is weeping with abandon. The attorney led the assailant to the victim and Victoria held him tight, comforted him, stroked his hair and offered reassuring words. I forgive you, she whispers. I want your life to be the best it can be. Tears mingled from her mask of reconstruction and his mask of remorse. It takes quite an event to bring tears to the eyes of New York attorneys and magistrates. This was such an event. TV and radio reporters filed their stories <clears throat> in voices that for once were hushed and respectful. The New York Times dubbed it a moment of grace. I call it a demonstration of mercy. Exemplified by an average middle-aged woman in the harshest of circumstances. We all are called on to be merciful to our brothers and sisters in this world, just like Victoria Rivolo, just like Jesus. Our human nature may make us angry, demanding justice, which is honest and right. But when there comes a time to extend mercy to another child of God, do it. Remember Victoria Rivolo. Remember the Beatitudes. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. And rejoice that you have been blessed with an opportunity to be Jesus to the world. I'd like to ask you all to pray with me for mercy now from our Lord, 
I'll say a petition, and if you feel compelled, the refrain is, Lord, have mercy. Heavenly Father, please forgive us for all those ways we disappoint you and sin with regards to our family and home. Whether it's yelling at our kids, criticizing our husbands, or putting off household responsibilities, or whatever form of thought or behavior that is not fully in line with your will, please forgive us, Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Master Creator, please forgive us for the many ways we unlovingly deal with your earth, whether it's through littering or polluting, wasting your precious resources, not caring for our properties or doing what we can to recycle. Please forgive us, Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Maker of all men and women, we sin against you each time we hurt one another. Please forgive us for the gossip, the complaining, the selfishness, or envy. For the way we judge your other children, criticize, or ignore them. For the belittling words we say, or the omission of compassion that we should be sharing. Please forgive us, Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Lord, our Father, our friend, our everything, please forgive us each time we let you down through deficiencies in our own personal behavior. At this moment, we examine our own hearts and silently express our sincere remorse for individual sins that come to mind right now and even those that we cannot recall. Please forgive us, Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Jesus, please fill us with your grace, Lord God, as we sing your praises and rejoice in your mercy and love. With a clean heart and renewed steadfast spirit, we shall carry on. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, we pray. Amen. Well, that's it for episode 22 of Jesus Boost. If you or someone you know might like this podcast, you can share this episode by clicking the three dots or the square share button on your screen. Subscribe to Jesus Boost on your favorite podcast platform. Check out JesusBoost.com for more information about me, my podcast episodes, and my blog posts on Try His Perspective. Follow on Instagram at Jesus Boost Podcast and on Facebook at Be Strong Ministries. Be blessed. Be merciful. Believe.